it's time for another episode of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes. Here's your host, Terrence McCauley. Hello, everyone. My name is Terrence McCauley, and this is another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is Nolan Cabero. He is a writer and director originally from Louisville, Kentucky. He studied linguistics at Brooklyn College and is currently a law student at UCLA. He lives in LA with his wife and son. Shadow Drive is his first novel published by Blackstone. Nolan, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Shadow Drive? I understand it's your first novel. Yes, yeah. It's a mystery suspense thriller about a small-time landlord, this guy, Gabe, who's who owns a few small rental properties that he's acquired over the years. Mm-hmm. And so in this book, he ends up renting to a new tenant. And at first, the tenant seems like nice, someone he can trust. But once she moves in, he realizes she's lied to him about her identity, her address, and she basically he can tell she's starting to tear apart the house from the inside. So he's trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, so yeah, it's, and he, he realizes she knows more about him and the house than she lets on. And so he's trying to figure out what's going on. What's her connection to this house? What's her connection to him? So that's the basic, basic premise. Wow. It sounds like uh, you've definitely either had or know someone who've had, a problem as a landlord with a tenant. Yeah, I mean, I I actually, when going to law school, I rented out my apartment or my condo to someone um, because it was on the other side of town and they were a great tenant. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, yeah, I've heard over the years of people who've done stuff, you know, my parents sort of work somewhat in real estate on the side. So I've heard sort of stories here and there. But I always just found that an interesting thing when you have someone come into your house and you don't really know them, um, especially, you know, that's kind of the feeling I had when I rented my condo, even though it was like a a cool person I totally trusted. It's still weird to have someone in your space. And it's like, um, right. yeah, it's just a little bit. Of, it feels slightly like an invasion, even though it's not. So just that kind of like I wanted to take that feeling to the extreme of, oh, this person's coming to my life and they've sort of they're starting to take over what's happening here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially it has a lot of uh, great modern overtones to it as well. The premise kind of reminds me of a, a movie that was out many, year, many years ago called Pacific Heights. Yes. So yeah. That was, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people talk about that. I went and watched it since I uh, read it. I think I think that's a cool movie. Um, I, lo- I love Michael Keaton in that. Um, I think like the main thing here with this is it's sort of even though that landlord tenant tension is sort of sort of what starts it off, it's right. it's really more of a mystery of like, wait, what does this tenant want? What are they doing? It's not just a that simple tension, and then it kind of unfolds into a bigger and bigger mystery as things happen. Like, right, you know, there's a lot more going on than he realizes. So I think that's kind right. of, um, yeah, yeah, because the because Pacific Heights was pretty much just a straight out thriller and crime movie. Yeah. This one, this one is far more involved and it has a lot of layers to the onion that need to be peeled. Right, right. So what made you want to uh, get into writing in the first place, writing fiction? Because 
you've done an awful lot in uh, a short amount of time in terms of your career. So I was just wondering, what was it that was your impetus to want to give novel writing, much less crime writing, a chance? Yeah, you know, I think when I was a teenager, I thought like, oh, I want to be a novelist. And then at the same time, I was making, like I was in a band and I was making short films and stuff. And so I kind of had made my focus filmmaking. So I made some, made like a feature film and some small short films. And as I was working on those short films, they were becoming more and more crime focused and the stuff I was writing was a lot more thrillers and mm-hmm. I was just I've I've always been a, a reader of crime fiction um it's kind of the the books that I go to you know when I'm at a bookstore it's like okay I want to read this and so right. eventually um I kind of had this idea uh for this novel kind of like in the back of my head I kind of thought oh could it be a movie could it be a novel but for me the character of this landlord who kind of has all these I, I really like books where it's like a you tr- the character is like an expert in something and they know all about one thing um and so i wanted it to be this guy who was kind of like an everyman but he was still an expert about being a landlord and could kind of guide the characters along and so i thought it was like the perfect uh at least for me the perfect thing to write because it had the voice and it felt like it lended itself more towards a novel than a movie even though it's still plot driven and you know cinematic I felt like the character I wanted that voice I always like those books where you can really connect with the voice of the character so I was trying to write something like that right yeah that helps too it's like that voice is another character in the story uh, all its own it takes on its own priorities and, and characteristics just like one of the characters in the book too yeah exactly yeah no that, that's fantastic so you it seems like crime writing found you you didn't find it it was like you were doing something you had another art in mind and like so many people myself included it just kind of found you and pulled it along with it yeah it's it's actually interesting I had a long in college I'd interned at some literary agencies in New York and someone that I had worked with went to another agency and she had told me oh you got to read thrillers um and she had, you know, kept like recommending me books and I had kind of been like, okay, I'll get around to them. And then once I picked one up, it was kind of like, oh, wait, I've been, I've been ignoring this great genre. And I just, just started reading one after another. And so, yeah, it's funny. I kind of, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I just didn't know the people reading it, but as soon as I got into it, I, I just was hooked. Right. Yeah. You get into that whole community and then you, a whole other world you didn't know was there opens up. Yeah, definitely. It's been now. How have you have you done screenwriting before, uh, or is and it seems like you have. So, how would you compare your experience with screenwriting with your experience with writing this novel? Yeah, I would say that writing the novel was like a million times better than writing any screenplay. The best advantage was that I kind of, I didn't have to worry about budget at all. I didn't have to think like, oh, is this going to cost a lot of money? Which was always something in mind, especially when I was trying to raise money for my own stuff or trying to pitch it to a production company. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there was always that in mind, like, okay, we're going to have this big scene. That's going to cost all this money. Is there a way to, you know, reduce locations? So many of those things were always in my head in screenwriting. And with a novel, it's like, wait, I can write anything, you know, whatever interests me, I could put down. So that was great. And then also I think just like the revision process, like working with my agent and with Blackstone, it was a lot 
you know, I always felt like with screenplays when I had like managers or I would go to like a production company and they would read a script, they'd be like, how can we, you know, change everything about what you've written? Like they wanted to just try a whole new idea, completely different, you know, maybe keep one character. And I just felt like with my agent in Blackstone, they got the central idea. They liked the mm -hmm. story and it was more just about how do we make that the best it can be. So I feel like the whole process from, you know, when I was writing it by myself to when I was working with other people has just been, I've liked it way more than screenwriting. So, right. Yeah, you're right. Because when you look at screenwriting or any art form at, from entirely a cost perspective, I, because every time you put something down on paper as part of a screen uh, treatment, it's going to cost money somewhere along the line. Yeah. And yeah. uh, at least with the book, you can play around with it and make changes. And the, that manuscript isn't as necessarily stunted by business considerations while you're creating it. Later on, as you get into the querying process and the publishing process, that does come in. But it's uh, I, I never thought of it that way, that the, uh, the creation itself can be liberating. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. And I think, to the format of novel writing, I had been so with screenwriting, you're supposed to be so, you know, economical and you still I'm, I'm still totally that way writing a novel like I'm, I'm not a big person who writes long descriptions I want to get the plot moving and you know get dialogue get action going but I think with novels you have a lot more sense to get a mood and vibe than in a screenplay does because right. a screenplay is kind of you know once you get the movie going you have the music and all this other stuff but I right. love with the novel that I can just get the prose to give a mood and a feeling and that that's a cool cool change yeah. right yeah because that's all you've got you've only got the page you don't have as you just mentioned the elements like uh, uh, lens flare or uh, music or right. anything to cue uh what's happening it, it, the mood is all coming from you that's why you know novelists understand that it's a very uh personal endeavor i mean just because someone doesn't like the book that's why people get so crushed because it's so much of you in every page right and yeah. um yeah so that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I um, I know that you've got an awful lot going on. You're a law student. You're, you've done so much. Are you planning on writing another book? Do you envision Shadow Drive as a sequel series kind of deal? What's Where do you think your writing career is going to go next? Yeah, I'm at this point, I'm, I, I don't have any series ideas in mind or a sequel to Shadow Drive. I, I'm definitely someone who even though I read lots of series, I like mm -hmm. to kind of write that one-off story that this high impact moment that kind of hits the everyman. So that's definitely right. the stories that I like to write. So kind of, I think it would be straining credulity or credibility or whatever too much if I were to put the same everyman in these crazy situations. And I also want them to be like character driven. So I kind of, it's funny because all of the books that inspired my writing are series fiction. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's the stuff that I go to, but I, I kind of want that um, big moment at the end of a thing that kind of challenges a character in a really big way, challenges who they are and kind right. of makes them question themselves. And I feel like that's kind of a, that big emotional burst kind of lends itself to these one, one offs. So I kind of, I'm, I think at least at this point in my career, I want to just write that every man who's in gets caught up in a big mystery and he's trying to gain his footing. So 
Um, yeah, that's basically what I think. Uh, probably a bunch of one-offs, um, high, you know, high emotion, high intensity, and mm -hmm. every man's got to face it. So, yeah. Well, there's a struggling young writer known as Harlan Coben who's done exactly that. So, I mean, it, it can definitely be done. A lot of people and a lot of people in publishing prefer series, but there is still quite a market for the standalone. And actually, I think standalones, you know, in, in the whole are really tougher to write because with the series, you have some familiarity with the characters from previous or possibly future books that you can, you know, you can rely on the audience to, uh, to have. But with standalone, every time you're starting fresh, all new characters, all new plot right off the bat. And that, I, I commend you for wanting to do that for your future work. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely as I go into the next books, it's like, it is, it's like, whoa, it'd be nice if I could just, you know, take on these characters I've developed in Shadow Drive. And I mean, I guess there's a possible story there, but I still see it as me wanting to do that. And, and yeah, Harlan Coben, right. I feel like his, his method of doing stuff. Also, I like, um, you know, even though Elmore Leonard has a lot of different people, I like how he just, there's so, or he has a lot of people who carry over. I, I kind of like picking up a book and going, oh, I'm in a whole new world. Um, mm -hmm. And if you, you know, you trust the author, that's that's fun um, to, you know, go in there. Oh, the cool thing with serious fiction is you get, um, you kind of know what to expect. I want to still give people that feeling like they can expect a certain level, um, a certain similar kind of structure to each book. You know, not structure, but vibe. Um, yeah. so I think, I think that's what good, that's what Harlan Coben does, even though it's different stories, you know, what to expect when you get one of his books and you're going to be satisfied from it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people, the audience likes what it likes and, um, you know, as long as it's within the artistic paradigm that we're prepared to go into, there's no, no, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, yeah. but I, I, I admire you for doing, uh, standalones and, uh, waiting on the whole series idea what was it like for you you know being a creative person and having had success in that world what was it like when you walked into a bookstore for the first time and saw your book on a shelf i mean i think it's kind of crazy you know i was a kid who i loved going to the bookstore um growing up going to the library and so it always felt like okay these are this is what's important what's on the shelf so it's so strange to see my book on the shelf and think like oh it's, it's, you know, I mean, as I'm older, I realize like, you know, a lot of books are out there, but it, it's just kind of this cool thing to be like, okay, yeah, people, I don't know. Cause I was also someone who, and I'm still this way. I want to go to a bookstore and not have any idea what I want to buy. I just want to look right. at covers, read the back and say, okay, you know, read the first page or so and say, okay, I'm going to go read this. I don't know anything about it. So it's cool to think other people will now you know, possibly have that experience and pick up my book and say, oh, I'm going to take this home and read it. So, yeah, it's really cool. It is. It is. And you've also gotten a lot of great advanced praise for the book before it came out. So that's uh, that's a, no small feat at all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool when people read it and have a, a good reaction. It's a it's an interesting, you know, surprise. So it's cool. Yeah. Now, what uh, can you tell us anything about the next book that you're planning on doing? Is that stop, top secret or is that something you could talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's only top secret because I'm kind of going between two different ones. And okay. I, I'm sort of someone who, I mean, 
I I think in some ways it's a problem because and I think this is also what draws me to standalones is I have a lot of different interests and sometimes mm-hmm. that's a problem because I'm not focusing on one thing. So I I do have you know I'm also trying to write um, middle grade books. So I've I've given a middle grade like sort of time travel adventure story to my agent and wow. I've been working on two. Um, but two basically standalone thrillers, and I'm just trying to decide which one's the right one to go with next. Um, so it's only top secret in that I haven't decided. It's top secret to me as well. So right, but it's it'll right. be something similar with a, a every man who kind of is in a mystery and, and you know gets involved in action, and it, it's definitely in that realm. But yeah, I haven't decided which one it will be yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I find people who write standalones tend to have their feet in several different genres and it sounds like you had one as well with the um, YA book that you're pitching that's fantastic it's always great to be as diverse as possible and uh, because you never know which genre might become more popular for you yeah yeah it's interesting you know I feel like with I was doing screenwriting for so long and it was sort of I always felt like okay, I'm going to write this kind of script. And if that doesn't work, I've got something completely opposite um, that might interest another person. But now that I'm writing novels, it's like I realize I kind of have a, it's like with the adult world, it's like, yeah, I want to write crime fiction, a certain idea. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to, I want whatever the next book is to be the best. And so part of me is stuck sometimes between going like, um, I'm just so excited by the different ideas that one day one is the most exciting thing in the world. And the next day, the other one is. So, yeah. 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 Unfortunately you've got the bug and that's, uh, that's yeah. how it is. You get pulled in a whole bunch of different directions at once. And somehow you just, yeah. one of the voices wins out and that's the one you go with at that moment. But um, right. now how do you, how, what's the best way that people can follow your career, follow you on Facebook, uh, social media, places like that. Yeah, I've got uh, Instagram and Twitter. So my Twitter's at Nolan Cubero and my Instagram's at Nolan.Cubero. And so basically there, I mean, I'm a little bit more active on Instagram, but either one, I'm I'm posting what's going on. So, Oh, that's great. And you're definitely active in a lot of uh, different genres and you've got a lot of pursuits. You're in law school right now, I understand it. So good luck with all of that. It's uh, You've got a lot on your plate. Yeah, well, thank you. Oh, no problem at all. I think we're going to be hearing a lot from Nolan in the years to come. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We'll see you next time, everybody. Take care. You have been listening to Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes with host Terrence McCauley on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network.